It's when the discomfort strikes that they realize a strong mind is the most powerful weapon of all. Chrissy Wellington. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the podcast that helps you be the leader. I'm Jeremiah. I'm your host. And for the people listening that are new, this is a podcast that teaches you how to be the leader in life at your work, in your sport, or even among your family and in your profession. We talk about leadership and we talk about performance, but the overall goal of this podcast is to help you win. Um, It'll help you become a top performer in your field. It'll help you establish a foundation in leadership and help you evolve from a poor leader to a good one or a good leader to a great one. If you find value in today's episode, the only thing that we ask is that you share it with a friend and leave a review. Reviews are actually the thing that help us the most with uh, rising in the rankings of iTunes. So if you guys listen to this, please uh, go on and leave a review and help us spread the word. Today's topic is um, it's a very important one to me personally because it's something that I've worked extremely hard to cultivate myself, and I still feel like I have a long way to go, but I know that there's listeners that um, can find value from the tools that I've gained over the last years and throughout my life to help build their mental toughness. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the ability to build mental toughness, why you need it, and how you can strengthen yours. As a result, uh, your team will follow suit. Your team will increase their mental toughness. So I'm going to break down practical tools today on how you can increase yours. Um, But before I do, let me bring in my trusted sidekick, my co-host, my co-host, uh, Justin, uh, Justin Phillips, man, you, you almost <laughs> fucked up the intro for us. How did I almost fuck up the intro? Well, I heard your mic kick on and then I got interrupted. <laughs> um, you know, I just realized it's, it's just in time and solving problems, you know, for our little nicknames here, yeah, you know, just solving, in time and solving just, problems, solving your problems just in time. Yeah, is there that, we go. Is, is that going to be the new like tagline for the podcast? Is just yeah. I hate that so much. I get I get that too much. That's that that's what the problem is. Is that I get it way too much. I've gotten a lot of Justin things to bring up my whole life. I think my favorite one is just incredible. I've gotten that before. Mm, <laughs> I like so, that. So, I like that. So if you want to roll with any of them, roll with that one. Is that one of those little massage ball thingies that you're always playing with when we do these? Yeah. So this is a um. A rubs ball, which is, is what it's called, R-U-B-Z. No, I'm not sponsored by that. This isn't a, <laughs> we're not trying to sell you on these. But these little balls are awesome because, um, you know, mobility starts at the feet, in my opinion. And when I'm at my desk. In your opinion. Like put, this is not an opinionated thing. <laughs> well, it is because, like, a lot of people will tell you that, like, key, like, like, mobility should really, you should focus your mobility on, like, your hips or your hamstrings. But I think you should work from the bottom up. That's my approach, right? It's kind of like my trademark approach. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, this, this, so this is a little rubber ball. And I, I know people can't see it. But um, on it are these little like rubber knobs. Okay. So there's, I don't know if you can see it I on can, your end. I can, yeah. But uh, anyways, so I sit at my desk and I put this on the ground and I roll my feet out on it all the time. Um, and you'd be surprised how much tension there is in your feet and how much it can do for you uh, 
for your mobility overall, because if you, uh, for example, I know this has nothing to do with mental yeah, toughness. We're going to, we're getting there. <laughs> um, but if you, if, if you stand upright, okay, a lot of people don't know this. I, I'm a, I took a, a pre-physical therapy track in, in college. So I have a kinesiology degree. Um, I just I like the body. Okay. So when I was in school, you know, we took, I took tons of physiology classes and one of the things they taught was how your body distributes tension. Okay. And how you, how you naturally, and, and to find how your body does it. One of the ways you can do it is you stand upright and then just pretend like you're going to be standing in line for like an hour. Okay. Just kind of imagine it. And what happens is you kind of fall into this place where yeah. you natu- where your posture naturally likes to sit. Right. And for me, you know, it's kind of like my hips out. One of my, uh, my legs kind of locked out and the other one, the knee is, is broken. And I'm kind of like twisted onto one yeah. side. Right. Well, a lot of that posture is created because of the different areas in your body that are tight. Okay. So if you have tight hamstrings, like if my right leg is tight, it's going to be natural for me to kind of compensate for that. Right. So anyways, these, these, these little rubs balls, what they do is they help alleviate that tension and you can start by putting them in your feet your, and, you know, rub around your heels and then, uh, work your way up your calves and in your calf and, uh, Achilles heel and stuff like that. So anyways, really cool thing. Probably the best 10 bucks I've ever spent. Yeah. Anyway, so housekeeping. What do you got for us? Housekeeping. I think you covered it. Leaving leaving reviews on Apple. Um, I look around at the statistics, and I know I've said this on the podcast before. And I'll say it again. Most people are listening from Apple devices, so they don't really have excuses. If I start messaging you guys and really hammering you, and I'm like, leave a review. Don't be like, oh, I don't listen on Apple. Yes, you fucking do. Don't lie to me. <laughs> well, it, actually, you're talking to my mom right now because. <laughs> Because she messaged me the other day. She was like, hey, I listened to one of your episodes and you guys were saying I need to leave a review. How do I do it? Yeah, said, exactly. If you do if you do need to know how to do it, like message one of us on Instagram or something, I guess. We can just send you like a direct link to the thing. Oh, no, but no. They can figure it out. They don't need to message us. They can figure it out. Okay, fine. Don't message Jeremiah because he'll like <laughs> judge you because he's bad cop this week. But you can message me and I'll just I'll just send you the link and then you can just you can just do it. Yeah, it's really easy to do. You scroll to the bottom of your iTunes link and you click on it, leave a review. All right, but uh, yeah, that's all you got. Just hit, we're we're pushing reviews, right? That's what we're pushing. That's the big Pretty push this week. Reviews and actual word of mouth, if we want to throw that in there. Uh, just one thing, guys, leave a review, please do. And for those of you that have, I really do appreciate it. Um, but let's kind of transition into today's topic. Um, the promise, my promise is. To make you more resilient, no matter how tough you currently are, today's episode will help elevate your ability to endure. Okay, we're going to talk about mental toughness, and Justin's going to he's going to pick my brain, pull out some stuff, and we're going to dive into it. So let's do it. That'll make it more ironic when I'm looking at the charts and everybody's like slowly dropping off seven minutes into the podcast <laughs> while we're talking about their ability to endure. Um, yeah. So what's got you thinking about this in the first place? I mean, I know you did a bunch of stuff this past weekend with people virtually all sorts of little i don't know little jeremiah things i was invited to both all things and didn't show up to anything so i don't know what was happening um yeah so basically what's kind of happened in the last uh week is i've started looking for more and more opportunities to build communities and build teams online um i've done it well on instagram um but i've i put more focus on facebook i've been putting more focus on zoom meetings and what that's evolved into is um, me doing some – so Friday last week, I did a virtual workout. Okay, I, I sent out 
uh, an email, which this is how I get information to people that are that that are active in the community, right? I email out. And so it was, I think it was Thursday morning or something like that. I sent out an email inviting everybody on my email list to join me for a Friday workout. I said, hey, I know this is last minute, but if you can make it, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a full body circuit. Um, I'm going to bring a guest in to take us through a workout. And so that you can walk away with a good structure on how to warm up, how to work out and how to cool down without anything other than yourself at home. That was the goal. And, um, so I sent out that email and the next day, Friday morning at like 7am mountain time, um, I had, we had over, we had almost 30 people in the group, uh, which is a pretty good turnaround for a last minute workout. Um, and like I said, everybody was on video. Some people that didn't, most people showed their, their home, but some people, you know, they wanted to keep the camera off. That was fine. But the guest that I brought in was a guy that's been, you know, in the fitness space for like 30 years. He's a black belt in jujitsu. He trains me multiple times a week and he's managed gym after gym after gym. Anyways, this guy is very, um, he was a professional MMA fighter, but so it was, it was a lot of value, right? So we had this guy come in, he took us all through a smoker and, uh, like I said, gave a really good foundation. All skill levels uh, were welcome, and it fit every skill level out there. So I had a cousin that showed up, and he hasn't worked out in a really, really long time, and he was kind of nervous. He was like, you know, Jeremiah is a fit guy. I don't know if I can keep up, but he showed up, and you know, you could tailor the workouts, and he did fine. He did great. Uh, and afterwards, we did a, a leadership discussion. Okay, I talked about the power of an ecosystem, what that is, okay, how your environment can transform you, how it did that for me in my life. And so there was this, you know, some really thoughtful, insightful stuff, and it was very educational and also entertaining, and it only took about an hour and 15, hour and a half um, of, of time. Um, we did have some people that came in and left. That's fine, too. They got a little bit out of it, and they had other stuff they had to do. So when I saw that there was a demand, a need for you know community and working out i decided hey let me do this again right this was friday last week that we did that workout so friday night at 6 p.m i sent out another email i said hey if you guys want to join me for a suffering saturday workout we'll do us we'll do the same thing where we meet on zoom and i'm not going to tell you what the workout is but show up and we'll do a full day of suffering saturday i'll take you through exactly how i do it but here's the kicker. We're going to start at 4 a.m. Mountain Time. So that means I'm going to get up at 3 a.m. to be present at 4 a.m. Are you yawning at me right now? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you just say the words 3 a.m. I get tired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Fair enough. So, so it was last minute, right? Email goes out at 6. We're supposed to meet up at 4. People aren't checking their emails Friday night at 6 p.m. probably. But we had... Uh, 20 people register, okay? They said, all right, I'm going to try to be there. And then whatever happened, some of them flaked out, but we ended up with 10 people showing up Saturday morning at 4 a.m. And some of these people were in different time zones. Hmm. Yeah, so for them, it probably wasn't as crazy. For them, it was probably like 9 a.m. They're like, oh, okay, this is normal. <laughs> some of them, except it was a, sa a Saturday. And a lot of people like to sleep in until like 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, you know? Um, but true. then there was also the opposite was true where I had one guy that he got my email as he was finishing work for the day. And he was, he, he showed up and he's like, dude, I got your email 45 minutes ago. He's like, I haven't slept yet. 
let's do this suffering Saturday workout for the next, you know, 12 hours or whatever you have planned. He's like, I'm here, I'm ready to go. And, uh, so I applauded that dude right off the bat. Yeah. Go that dude. We're giving you a very vague shout out on the podcast. Are you, are you going to keep doing these things? Is this going to be something that gets implemented into the Jeremiah canon of things that he does moving forward? More zoom meetings. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and just say it now. I'm definitely going to do one this Friday. Um, so if somebody wants to join, they need to get on my email list. I don't know how long it's going to go on for. So, you know, get, get in while you can and learn something. Cause you'll walk away with a good, a good, uh, um, you'll walk away with value regardless. But what I'm thinking is that I'll do this until Corona ends. Okay. Yeah. So if that's, if that's a couple of weeks, great. If that's a couple of months, okay. And it'll be once a week right now. And it's my way of just building a community, providing value and people are like, hey, why are you doing it on Friday? <laughs> that was one of the things that people were asking me. And I was like, here's why. I think I know. I was why. like, why? <laughs> Go, you tell me why. Well, the same thing you were kind of just getting into about Saturday. It's because it's when people kind of start to unwind, I guess, is the way that I'll put it. It's, 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 it's the beginning of people's time off. And if there's anything I know about you, it's you don't like to give people time off or <laughs> e- easy time. So I feel like so, that's part of it. It's not that I don't like to give people time off. It's just that I want people to make most of their time. And so actually I closed out Friday, the, the fitness, um, you know, the first workout we did. I told those guys, I said, hey, you guys know how I am. I said, you know, I like to take advantage of every opportunity. And so I'd encourage you um, to go through this weekend and give a little bit more. Now, that doesn't mean you need to work out three, four or five times a day on Saturday and Sunday. What I'm saying is you can, you can be a better father on Sunday. You can meditate better on Sunday. You can do you can do better yoga on Sunday. You can be better throughout the weekend. And it doesn't matter if it's working out. I just use it as a platform to kind of stand on and say this is the message, right? Now, um, why do I pick Friday? I pick Friday because it's very, very popular for people to want to be motivated on Monday. That's why you see the hashtag Motivation Monday. But then what happens? Friday shows Friday happens and everybody's fizzled out. And this will tie into our topic of mental toughness, you know, yeah. it, you, you gotta, you gotta have this in you. You gotta have this ability, this drive all the time, or at least the ability to call on it. Okay. And I'm not saying you need to be driven hundred percent of the time. I'm saying you need to be consistent. Okay. Yeah. So if you're going to show up mon- motivated on Monday, show up Friday morning, the same exact way. And then Saturday morning, the same way. And then just change to like pivot your outlets a little bit different. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it also helps in the idea that like, you know, the notion of Friday night, especially under normal conditions in the world is that, you know, that's when people go out and they drink and they do this, that and the other. And I feel like there would be a lot less of that if people even just had something else to replace it on Friday nights. Like, I feel like there are people that look forward to doing that kind of thing. But then there are also people that just kind of fall into it because they're like, what else am I going to do all weekend? You know, yeah, so it, 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 it it's weird. It's kind of a way to, like, keep people off the streets right now, even though that doesn't make sense literally because nobody's on the streets to begin with, but you get the point. <laughs> oh I, yeah, I do. And I used to be that guy that was like, you know, when I was in my early twenties, I was like, Hey, Friday night. And I was the guy that was kind of struggling with like, Hey, it, sh- sh- do I conform to the social norm and do I go out or do I, I had this, I had this like longing, this desire inside of me to not be that. Like it's, it was a little bit destructive for me, right? Like going out partying, spending all night out and then being hung over Saturday morning was destructive. And I, so I'd wake up and I'd be like, okay, I'm not going to, I don't want to do this again. 
But then Friday would happen and I would start waffling in my decision. And I say like, I don't know what else to do. You know, everybody, all my friends are out partying. So I was that guy where I wrestled with that for a really long time. And I did wish that there was something, um, you know, that I, an outlet that I could do Friday night, but I just didn't, there was no easy solution. So I, I gravitated towards the easy option and went out. Right. Yeah. You took the easy way out as you did. Yeah. Eggs. <laughs> no, not, not anymore. <laughs> Jeremiah always taking the easy way out. Jeremiah acts like he's tough until you ask him to send you a video over iCloud. And then he just like breaks down and starts crying and all this other stuff happens. I promise that's my, exactly how it works. <laughs> my, my mental toughness is, uh, is, is all a facade. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about that because we talk about mental toughness a lot on here, but we never really address it directly. So can you explain like, what does mental toughness mean to you? Not to make it sound like high school English class, but like, what does mental toughness mean to you? And also, what are the different variations of mental toughness? Because a little bit before we got on here, you started talking about like how it affects your intuition and things of that nature too. And I want to get people aware of that. Yeah, let's start with one. Let's just start with one question, which is, um, uh, what is mental toughness? Okay, so, and it, it, it's synonymous with a bad mother mindset which we've talked a little bit about, about in the past, but you know, a bad mother mindset means to become, it's a state of being unstoppable in the face of fear, failure, or adversity. Okay. A bad mother mindset. And you know, that's what mental toughness is. It's, it's the ability, right? It's this ability to overcome those challenges. Okay. It doesn't matter if it's, um, um, you know, criticism. It doesn't matter if it's physical hardship. It doesn't matter if it's a problem set in front of you. Like, how do I how do I get through this challenge at work? Okay, all that ties into mental toughness, your ability to overcome feel, fear, failure, or adversity, adversity of all shapes and sizes. Okay, just like a bad mother mindset. Awesome. So what are like the the exponential effects of mental toughness? Like if you get yourself to a state, to a mentally tough state, which we're probably also going to talk about is not somewhere you just get to and then you're done. but you know, when you have a higher mental toughness, how does that start to affect everything else in your life? Does that translate to other areas? Yeah. Let me ask you, let me return, answer your question with a question, <laughs> which is my, you know, a little pet peeve of mine. <laughs> when people ask, do that to me, I ask a question, I made my wife get into it sometimes. I'm like, I ask her, I ask her a question. She, re she asked me back a question. And then do like, you ask her another question and you see how long like, you can keep it going? Yeah. I'm like, hey, what movie do you want to watch tonight? She's like, well, what movie do you want to watch? And I was like, why are you answering me with a question? <laughs> why are you answering me with the same question? I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, anyways. So what's your question, Jeremiah? <laughs> um, my question is, um, when's the last time you were frustrated? This morning. Okay, what was it about? Click funnels. <laughs> okay, great example. So we're going to talk about mental toughness. Everybody out there that's listening has think back right now about the last thing that you were frustrated about. Okay, I'm gonna I'm I'm kind of working through mine right now. What was the last thing I was frustrated about? Okay, I think I have it. All right. So that means everybody else should have theirs right now. <laughs> so for you, uh, it was ClickFunnels. And what was it that frustrated you? It was just fighting with the software. Basically, I mean, I don't want to get too specific about what I was doing. Sure. I think people will tune out but i was i was trying to set up a funnel and things were not working and i don't know computers well enough to be able to like code my way through those problems so i wanted okay. to put my face so to the screen 
So you're faced with a problem. This wasn't even physical hardship. It was just a problem. <laughs> you wanted to overcome it. It wasn't happening the way you wanted to, and you got frustrated. What was the result? Um, well, I eventually figured it out for the most part, and then I went and ate breakfast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, what level of frustration were you at between a 1 to 10? What was the level of frustration when you probably, were confronting that problem? Probably a solid 8. Okay. All right. How did that feel? Frustrating. Frustrating. Angry. You wanted to smash. You wanted to break stuff, right? Tense. It was very tense. Yeah. Not a good feeling. No. Yeah. Okay. A lack of control. Mm. Okay. Well, guess what? Mental toughness is the ability to take that level eight and bring it to a two. Okay. That, you know, that in itself, you know, explains why people need mental toughness or want it. We want that ability yeah. because when you when you when you come down to a two, you're happier. Okay. Everybody wants happiness. That's what we're all chasing, right? We all want happiness. So you're asking about why do people need it? Well, it's going to increase your happiness. And um it comes in all different shapes and sizes, right? Like working on a website or whatever. So you need mental yeah. toughness in all areas of life. Yeah. And I think Something you said there that's really important is it being about control. I think that's a big thing to bring up and kind of part of the point we were getting at last week with communication was like it even even if you're still like freaking out on the inside a little bit, like if you're in a high pressure situation or a high stress situation, you're in a high stress situation regardless of what it is. But the mental toughness is a big part of that cool and collected type of feeling that we talk about with people and like the don't panic type of thing. I think mental toughness is what actually initiates not panicking. Absolutely. Absolutely. It keeps you calm and keeps you collect. Okay. So I think we have a clear understanding of what it is. And when I say that, that it's not just a lot of people think that mental toughness is the ability to like endure physical hardship, like just work out. No, it's your ability to overcome all types of adversity to include yeah. complex problems like <laughs> click funnels. Yeah, the most complex problem out there. And it's an expensive one, too. So should we be mentally tough all the time? Is this something that's just constantly running through our lives that I, I've got to be aware of all the time? Like if I go to the grocery well, if I go to the grocery store right now, I'm going to have to do it with a high level of mental toughness because <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. But <laughs> when a normal person in the normal world goes to the grocery store, is that the time to be mentally tough? Like it's yeah. like a hyper awareness. Like now you bring up a good point because I, I talked to the group about this on Saturday um, during the suffering Saturday run through. And uh, I told them, you know, during one of the opening comments was that the whole, so the whole purpose, the whole theme of Saturday's workout was to take this group of 10 people and teach them mental toughness using suffering Saturday. Okay. And so what I did, we, we, like I mentioned before, we met up at 4 a.m. on Zoom where there was 10 of us that showed up for the first call. And the rules were that they had, they had to show up to the, the current call and then I would give them the link for the next call and I would give them the time that we were going to meet up. So they basically had no idea how long this was going to go on, but all they knew is they needed to show up for the existing call, get the link, get the workout, go do it before the next call. Okay. And so that was, I told them, I said, that's the intent for the entire day. And we're going to, who knows how long this goes on for. I could go on for two days. I could go on for three days. And what I was teaching them in this, in, in this first little example is how to deal with uncertainty. 
Okay, mental toughness, one of the components of mental toughness is the ability to deal with uncertainty. A lot of people, that's why people like structure, that's why the people like routines, they like to know what's expected and what's coming. But when you throw a curveball at them, it jump, it, you know, messes up their brain, they freak out, right? Like 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 you with uh um, you know, click funnels. Like you like a little bit of problems, you know, challenges, but you don't want to get stuck and have this giant curveball thrown at you where you can't solve the problem. There's actually a really good book about that for people listening on problem solving called uh, um, The Logic of Failure by Dietrich Dahmer. Phenomenal book that basically well, one of the chapters in there explains to people that that people like a challenge that's just hard enough that they can solve. Okay, it's like this this uh, yeah. addiction addiction, right? Like if you if if I put a uh, if I tell you to run an obstacle course, and I put you in the obstacle course, and you you like that challenge, that idea, you get there, and then the obstacle course consists of a forty foot wall and no way out, right? Like just in front of you, you're gonna get frustrated. Yeah. Like what the what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I can't get around this, and you have no tools or anything, right? But if I if I build the same forty foot wall. And then I put like a, a hidden tunnel where it's kind of exposed and you see it. Now you get excited mm-hmm. and you're like, shit, I can, I can run through that tunnel, right? And so you get through it and then you go to the next obstacle. So, so people like a little bit of challenge, okay? They just don't like these giant curveballs. And so I was teaching my group on last weekend was, you know, you need to be able to deal with uncertainty so that you don't get frustrated, okay? And it helps build your mental toughness. Um, so... Like I said, had them show up, gave them the links, gave them the workout, and they just lived all day in uncertainty, not knowing when it was going to end. Um, I'm trying to tie this back into your question. I kind of lost track. <laughs> Don't ask me for the question because I lost track too. Okay. But um, I, I like what you're saying about people liking challenges that are just pushing their boundaries, but not ones that go beyond that. Like, do you have anything about that? Like, like what do you do Suffering Saturday? Are you trying to do challenges for yourself that are beyond your boundaries or are you trying to, do you think you're trying to keep it like right within your boundaries? Because that is where you get your kind of rush from. Yeah. I I want a challenge that I think I can overcome that. Um, I, it's on that. It makes me uncomfortable, but I know if I apply myself, I can, I can get through it. Right. Like I don't want, I don't want a roadblock. Because then I feel defeated. I'm like, well, I can't get through this. This is impossible, right? Like, I want something that's kind of in that realm of, yeah, this is going to challenge me and push me. And so, um, yeah, that's how we built the whole Suffering Saturday this last weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is really cool. Well, that must have been an interesting dynamic, though, when you were doing Suffering Saturday with a bunch of other people. Because you have a bunch of other people with different boundaries, different levels of ways that they can go. So did you run into that problem with anyone where they just couldn't really get beyond... I don't know the first show, however the fuck you set this thing up where they couldn't get beyond a certain point. So I made it relative and I made it fit everybody. So for me, it was a challenge because for two reasons, I like to do suffering Saturday alone. Okay. I don't like to be tied to somebody else. And I like to like, that's my opportunity to have my alone time, my opportunity to push myself. So it's a challenge for me to take the time out and say, hey, I'm going to bring some people in and show them this, right? So that, that's, not, that's one of the reasons I personally wanted to do it. Um, then the other reason it was hard for me was because typically um, I'll get up a little bit early, but not super early. I won't get up at four, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. 
that I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the toughest person in the world. Waking up on a Saturday at 3 a.m. is tough. Okay, like I, it it is, and it's, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you've been through buds, Navy SEALs. I don't care if any of that stuff. <laughs> Confronting things you don't want to do when you're tired is hard. It's actually one of the best ways to build mental toughness. In fact, you know, I learned this as a ranger because we would go nonstop for three days. And at the back end, and when I say nonstop, I mean nonstop. I don't, I mean like no sleeping, barely any eating, just moving. Like I'm not exaggerating. And at the back end of that three days, you know, we would do an after action review on the mission that we were executing. And it's one of the hardest things to do to be in go mode on your feet, moving, 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 then stop and listen to somebody lecture, take notes, give them feedback and just use your brain and not your body at the back end of something like that. It's hard when you're tired, right? Um, so a really quick way to build mental toughness is to do things that you don't want to do. Simple things when you're tired. Okay. But anyways, we can keep going. What do you think about people that when it comes to, I feel like everybody in their mind feels like they can achieve a lot of things if they tried. And I get that a lot from people. And that can be with anything. That could be with a physical job. Like if you went up to someone and you were telling them about being an army ranger and how you have to go for three days without sleep. And if you detailed out all the other stuff, I feel like a lot of people's reactions to things like that are, I could probably do that if I really tried hard enough, but I just don't want to. Do you think that's like bullshit people are telling themselves or do you think they really believe that? And then just it kind of becomes a question of like, if you can do all these amazing things, why don't you? Yeah, it's most of the time it's a lie to keep themselves safe. It's, they, a, it's a lie. Is, is it a conscious lie? Uh, I think that's tough to answer. I think I think. I think a lot of people don't know. Yes, I, th- I, don't, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't put a, a statistic, a number to it or anything. I don't really have the context to do that. But I would say a lot of people probably don't know that they're lying to themselves. I would agree with that. Um, because when I catch myself, the only reason I think like that, I'm limited by my own perspective, right? So when I catch myself looking at somebody and saying, "Man, I think I could do that," I'm guilty of the same thing. Except I get nervous. Because then I, in my head, I say, prove it. Yeah, right. And I'm like, shit. All right, let me try this out. Like, um, Go Ruck is a great example. If, if you're not familiar, shout out to Go Ruck. These, these guys are awesome. It's uh, a company ran by a former um, Green Beret. And he put these events together that challenge people and give them a taste of what uh, Special Forces like selection is like. And he commercialized it, okay? Um, and they have products and stuff like that. But one of the things they've they've done is they do a lot of their events at night, okay? And they're, they won't be like super hard. They're, you know, all, all skill levels are um, invited to attend, but it's a totally different game when you do a full day of work and then Friday night you go to a Go Ruck event at 9 p.m. and now you're going to be up all night till 9 a.m. the next day, okay? It takes a, a certain level of mental toughness and a lot of people will sit back and they'll say, oh, I could do that, right? When it's, when it's, when it's um, breakfast time, Right, you're eating breakfast. You're you're yeah. fully you drink your cup of coffee. Your little caffeine running through you. You're flipping through Instagram. You see Go Ruck, and you're like, "Oh yeah. man, that looks yeah. cool. Yeah. Look at these guys, what they did this weekend." Yeah. Oh, I could do that. That's really easy to say until no more Instagram, 
no more breakfast. You just did a full day of work. You show up. It's Friday night. Now it's time to go execute. Mm. Now how do you feel? You drained all your dopamine levels. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Now I yeah. feel that, too. It, so it, tie, it ties into it. And um, so it's it. It kind of t- it ties back into your this ties back into your previous question, which was I just remembered it. It was uh, is mental toughness something you always have? Oh, yeah. Do you need it all the time? And the answer, and like I was talking to my class, if you will, for Suffering Saturday, I told them, I said, this isn't, the theme today is mental toughness. And what I want you to understand is mental toughness isn't something that you always, mm. is always present, okay? It's something that you call on, Yeah. okay? It's, it's a, a, a tool in your tool yeah. bag, right? It's available. It's like, right. You reach right. down, you grab it, and it's time to fuck, it's time to fucking do something hard. And, so then uh, when do you when do you know when to turn it on so to speak or turn it off? Well, when do you know? I mean it's going to the the situation's going to require it. Okay? <laughs> right? So so your level of mental toughness is going to be revealed when it's time to do hard stuff, when it's time to show up at 9 p.m. and go do your go ruck event. In fact, a lot of people what they do is they sign up for their event on Monday, right? Breakfast time, feeling good, a little caffeine. Friday rolls around. And then they bail. They get stressed out. Some excuse happens. And I see this a lot with mm-hmm. people. And sometimes they have valid excuses. But a lot of times something happens. The event stresses them out so much that they find a logical reason to get out of it. Right. They're like, oh, I can't. And this happened This happened on Saturday. Listen, I had 20 yeah. people plus that signed up. I had 10 that actually showed up. A prime example. People saw the email. Mm-hmm. Hey, this looks cool. Let me sign up. I'm glad that those people took the first step, okay? And I'm sure yeah. that they all had reasons why that um, they didn't show up at 4 a.m. In fact, um, one of these guys was was one of my clients, and and I got DM, I got DMs, I got texts from people telling me the reasons they couldn't be there, and they didn't know anything about the event. <laughs> I'm serious. So I said, hey guys, if you want to join me tomorrow morning. Um, I'm going to do a suffering Saturday. I'll take you guys through it. All I need you to do is show up at 4 a.m. I'll tell you what's going on. So the first step, the first hard thing was just getting on the first call. You didn't have to do anything. You could have literally been in any single meeting if you're in a different time zone. You could have been in a business meeting, right, at 8 a.m. And uh, if that was 4 a.m. my time, gone to the bathroom, logged in, see what the deal was, ask your questions, and then gone back to your meeting. There's a way. But what happened was when people got that email – they started messaging me, telling me, hey, I had this planned, I had this done. And, and I'm not saying that everybody should stop what they're doing and join me for Suffering Saturday, but I'm, but, I'm, but, but I'm going into the question you asked, which is, you know, um, oh, fuck, I just lost it. It was, uh, <laughs> um, when do you need it? You, you, you need it when that hard thing presents itself so that you can overcome it. And a lot of times that, the, the, the opportunity presents itself when you have a valid excuse to get out of that hard thing, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, for the most part. Something else that's interesting that you're bringing up too is a lot of people when it comes to stuff like that, there's something about just the moment of actually actually showing up to something like that that's really good because a lot of people have probably done something in their lives where they signed up for it, they got amped up about it, then the time came around to go to it, they're like, oh man, I really don't want to. Like people just don't like new things, right? And then they do go to it, and then on the back end of that, they end up really happy that they did, usually. So do you think that the mental toughness plays more of a role of just the point of actually getting there? And then once you get on the backside again, you're just kind of like, 
well, fuck, this is awesome. I don't even need my mental toughness to be here. I just, I just want to be here now. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, and that, that's true all over the place. The hardest thing to do is to show up sometimes. Okay. I, I say mo- most of the time, like it doesn't, I don't care what level of runner you are. Okay. If you run five K's, 10 K's marathons, hundred miles, the first 10 minutes of every run is a pain in the ass. <laughs> every single runner. Okay. And I, I can't vouch for every single runner. I would, I would argue though, that 99% of people that go out and run, they have this like turning of their stomach of like, man, I don't know if I really want to do this. But then what, what happens is people that are experienced runners, they have the ability to turn that off and just get in the motions. And then they get through that little stage and then they get in the zone and they feel good. So, so the mental toughness comes in in that running example right at the beginning. This is, this is exactly like wrestling. You know, the hardest thing that, that I dealt with when I wrestled in high school was day one mm-hmm. because I was this, oh, I was this hundred pound, I was the hundred pound kid from Trinity center, California. You know, I was five foot barely. And I came from this little town, eight kids in my eighth grade class. Okay. No internet, no TV. Anyways, it was just like mm-hmm. culture shock. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, some of the older kids were like, were like, hey, man, you should come out for wrestling. And I freaked out. I freaked out. Why? Said, no why way, why no was that a thing? Was that, just, was that just what everybody did? Because it was, why wrestling? Um, honestly, I remember the kid's the name, and his name was Victor. And Victor was a guy that was about four years older than me, um, maybe three years. So he must have been three years older than me. And he was from the exact town that I was from. But so he was, you know, 17, I was 14, stepping into high school. And I remember I got to, to high school and he, because I had come from that small town, like his sister has ba- had babysat me. Um, my family knew his family, but we were like so far in, apart in age that we never developed a relationship. But he was kind of like, when I got into high school, here he is from the, since we're from the same town, he's going to kind of take care of me. Right. That's kind of like, that's kind of like the role. And so I showed up, we, we used to ride the bus together. There was just a handful of us on that bus, but I showed up to high school and I was a shy kid, man. And, uh, because I had three brothers though, um, I had the, I was generally athletic. Okay. But I got into high school and I remember I was sitting around. I didn't, I didn't know who to hang out with. And this high school was not that big, right? My graduating class in high school was like a hundred people, right? My, the seniors in high school, we're hunt about a hundred. And so Victor, he uh, walks up to me one day at like lunchtime and he's like, hey, um, wrestling season's coming up. He's like, you should come out. And he just asked me, right? And, I, and inside I looked at this guy and I, I'm in an environment where I didn't know anybody. I'm the small, shy kid, but I have somebody that kind of gets it, right? Comes from the same area that I come from. And he says, hey, man, you should come out and try this sport. Um, I had already talked myself out of playing football because I thought I was too small. I said, hey, I'm not going to play football. That's just not for me. Um, Victor played football, but when wrestling season came around, he he extended the offer. And so I was like, I was nervous, man. And I didn't want to do it. I almost talked myself out of it. But thankfully, one day I told him I would do it. Okay. I said, all right, I'll be there. And uh, I brought the required equipment, like some shorts or whatever. And, um, you know, I had to take the bus to get back home. Okay. But after school, 
I, I was so nervous. I started walking towards practice. I'm remembering this now, man. Gosh, I still feel it. <laughs> and I had my bag with me and I'm heading towards practice and the buses ride up, drive off. So there goes my ride home, right? And now the new plan was for me to ride with, ride with Victor home. Now I didn't have a choice. What am I going to do for the next yeah. two hours? Am I going to walk 30 plus miles to my house, you know, and up and down mountains? No. So I had no choice. Um, I got there, butterflies in my stomach, and walking through those doors was the hardest thing. Thought people were going to judge me. I didn't know what I was going to do. Like, didn't know anything about the sport and didn't know the rules. But coach brought us all together, told us what was going on, said there was going to be tryouts for the varsity. There was going to be all this. He told us the plan and then put us in motion, got us moving. And as soon as we got mo- moving, all that shit went away. I don't even remember right now. I don't even remember the practice, but I remember every moment leading up into that practice. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had a lot of similar things. And it's, um, oh shit, what was I just, did you do any sports prior to that? Just like as a kid, Little League or anything? I played um, mostly like backyard type ball. Like in other words, was this kind of like team environment doing a sport? Was that a new environment to you altogether? Or was it just, was it just because it was new people? Yeah, it it was a little bit of both. So the, we had um, our, our town was so small that we couldn't like formulate, we couldn't build real sports teams. Okay. So um, we did half, hazardly build i'm saying that word wrong but um haphazardly sorry but we did we did build a a baseball team one one time when i was in elementary school and it went away really really quick i played a little bit of baseball but like these were all people that i knew like my entire life i or at least had run into them like i walked to the store i'd run into them right um because it was such a small town it was more like a little family because you knew everybody so it was it was it was a new environment for me and then it was a new like the team concept was new for me because I just hadn't really experienced anything like that. But um, yeah, so all that was new. And did it just take that one practice for you to kind of get over the hump and be like, shit, like I really enjoy this? Or was there a little bit more gradual of a building process? Where, like, like what, how did the second practice go? How nervous did you show up to that one compared to the first one? Not nervous, ready to learn. <laughs> um, okay. like, like I was hooked when I got in there. Um, I, I loved the idea of moving my body and thinking at the same time. I loved it. And I was, I would watch and study so intensely. Like I would go home, I'd be dreaming about it. It's a lot like right now what's going on with me with mixed martial arts. I've been, it keeps me up at night. So anyways, you know, mental toughness, you need it for, because what ends up happening, right? I get past that first hump and throughout high school, I get beat a ton my freshman year, but I get obsessed. I start studying, I start studying and now I'm starting to feel getting a little confidence because I'm doing things I don't want to do. I'm doing more practice. I'm getting around other people that I've never met before. I'm getting familiar. Now my confidence goes up. Okay, I feel good about myself. Now I'm, I'm continuing to build mental, mental toughness because now I'm going to tournaments. Same thing happens. I get nervous. I don't want to go. I want to back out, but we go anyway. Coach makes you. So you start dealing with that, right? And I, and little, and I don't know this at the time, but each one of these things, like, like the listeners right now, all these experiences in your life, where you've done things you didn't want to do, you're building mental toughness, right? One little, and every, as soon as you get it one time, it never goes away. You can go back to that level of mental toughness. So I have the, I have the ability to step into a new wrestling practice, quote unquote, right? Because I've done it once before. Everybody has that in them. And what that evolves into was me losing a ton my freshman year, getting used to failure, 
starting to win a little bit my sophomore year, got a couple medals. My junior year, I win a ton. And then my senior year, I lose two matches. In my the entire senior year, I lost twice. And uh, all that happened because I made I took that first step where my stomach was turning and told me to back out. Yeah. Now, do you still get that same kind of emotion moving forward when you go into new environments again? Like, for example, when you joined the military, you know, when you joined the army, was your first day going into whatever the first day is of being in the army? Because I don't fucking know. But like, day. whatever that is, do you, called- you still go ahead? Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. It's called day zero of basic training, day zero. Okay, so are you going into day zero of basic training? Do you have a similar nervousness that you have going into first wrestling practice or whatever it might be going on? Or does that eventually start to fade away as your mental toughness gets higher? Well, because and for the people listening, that you're listening because you're hoping to gain some tools from this. The, the, the tool is like, it's yeah, you're still going to be nervous, right? But you learn to kind of deal with that nervousness. Learn how okay. to it. Yeah, but if you've constantly been that person that's avoided these things that make you nervous your whole life, you're developing the ability to walk mm-hmm. away from stuff and not confront it, right? You, you're one of two people, right? You're somebody that confronts the things you don't want to do or you're somebody that, that walks away from them. And so day zero basic training was stressful. I didn't know what I was getting into. I, and, but I remember seeing everybody else because we, you know, we would get shuttled. We got shuttled to the, to the, um, to the point where when I, when I showed up to basic training, they group everybody up. They shuttle you from the airport to your initial spot where you drop, you have all your bags, you drop them, and it's called Shark Week. In basic training is what they called it for us, where all the instructors come at you with this intensity and they they make you do all these crazy things, like dump your bag out and repack it within 30 seconds. They just try to get your stress really, really high. They yell at you and stuff. And I saw a dude get clotheslined because we were <laughs> running from one side of the field to the other, and this this one drill sergeant stuck out his hand. And he's like, stop yelling at this other guy. And, 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 and somebody else was running. And he, as he lifted his arm up, it basically accidentally clotheslined to this kid. And he fell. So this is the kind of stuff that's going on on day zero, right? But it's pretty <laughs> it's, stressful. It's, it's the pure purpose of that just to create a high-stress situation. <laughs> like, Is that yeah, what they, they're doing there? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's changed now. This is like 2005. Um, I know that they changed like the drill sergeants and stuff or – they have to be more careful about how they stress you out and stuff because they've had, there's been repercussions of that people abusing it, but, um, they do, they want you to, they want to stress you out initially because what it does is it shocks you. And then it reveals the people are there to quit. It reveals the people that are there to stay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when they, when you can work through that uh, and be the person that stays, then they can rebuild you. It's essentially why they do it. At least in my opinion, I don't know. I've never been a drill sergeant or was taught how they do it, but that's what I saw when I was there. So, um, you know, mental toughness for people listening. Yes. It's not something you have all the time. It's something you can call upon. So when I was in that bus going to day zero, basic training, I wasn't as nervous as the people around me because I could tell because a lot of them were talking and you'll see people get stressed out and they'll use humor to settle their nerves. You'll see some people asking tons and tons of questions when they're stressed out, trying to get answers, right? Uh, for me, I just kind of was calm and watching people. I was like, okay, I'm a little bit nervous, but let me just look and see how everybody's responding. I'm just trying to figure stuff out and watch. Um, but I remembered, like, I've been through stuff before. Like, I, you know, I, I had the ability to step into things that I want to do because I, I stepped into day one of wrestling. Okay, so you can build it. And, and once you get that day one, it never goes away. It's like the brain. 
Okay, with mental toughness is just like the brain in that. Well, it when is the brain. That's why it's called well, I, mental toughness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what I mean is like this concept of being mentally tough is a lot like learn, like information the brain receives. Okay, when you get new information, the brain gets a new wrinkle. Okay, and it never goes back to its old form. When you get a new idea, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't undo it. Yeah. You get that new idea and the brain never goes back to its original form. Well, mental toughness is the same way. You get it once and you got it for life. You might forget about it. It might, it might become a little bit foreign, but if a bad time presents itself, you ever have, have you ever had like a really low moment? And at that low moment, you looked back on something else hard that you did? Actually, in my case, not really. <laughs> but, you got to do more hard stuff. <laughs> but, um, well, I, I, I don't know. What do you, what do you mean by very low moment? I mean, have you ever had, have you ever been, let's just look at sports. Cause I know you have tennis background. You've done some yeah. CrossFit stuff. You're in the gym now. Have you ever had a hard workout? And in that moment thought about other hard stuff that you've done. Sure. Hard workout. Yeah. Did it help? And did it help you get through it? Yeah. Maybe in tennis? Yeah, probably. It, it it would still be hard for me to think of a specific example, but that's just kind of that's just kind of basically gratitude in a way, isn't it? Just realizing, you know, when shit is hard, just realizing like, oh, shit could be worse. And then you're just kind of like, wow, now I feel better because this isn't the case. Yeah. So perspective plays a role in mental toughness. Right. It, 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 what mental toughness does is it, it, when you build it, you become familiar with the hard thing. Okay. It's not, it's not new. It's not like the giant wall that we talked about, right. It, in the obstacle course that you can't get through. Okay. So, so anyways, we can keep going with some questions and stuff, but, uh, you know, that's what it is. And it's not something that you always have. It's something that you can call upon. Okay. And there's just some examples of how, I've built it into my life at a younger age. I'm sure everybody listening has some of that in them. If you think back now to a time in your life when you were younger, playing sports or doing things you didn't want to do, you start building a little bit of mental toughness. But the cool thing is that you can keep building it. Just a lot of people don't. Okay. Is there a way to develop mental toughness without putting yourself through some sort of suffering? Ooh. Mm, can you do you have an example? Not really, but there's just I guess there's a line because I think a lot of my mental toughness, let's say, like I think a lot of mental toughness is built up th- when you're not really even trying to because everybody just has those shit times of their lives that happen. Hell, right now is one of those times, you know, for a lot of people. So when you're talking about kind of more proactively trying to develop how do you how do you do that and how do you separate being like just enjoying suffering versus actually productively developing your mental toughness mm, you have to rephrase the question but what you made me think about was th- what everybody's going through now that this is not necessarily suffering intentionally suffering this is just forced suffering you're just you're just being stuck inside you're being taken away from your job probably um your business is being challenged you're naturally building mental toughness right now and you can continue to build it even if this was not the case 
with every challenge you face. Okay, like we mentioned before, sometimes mental mental toughness means overcoming click funnels. Okay, but is that is that suffering? Yeah, that's suffering. That's suffering a little bit. Of course it is, right? It's hard. Hashtag overcoming click funnels. How about let's talk nature versus nurture. Do you think people are just some people are just born more mentally tough than others, or do we start up all start at the same place and it depends on how we live our lives that develops it? Um, I think that my pers this is my personal opinion. Really there's no you know, I haven't gone to school for mental toughness. Like, I'm, limited. <laughs> I, I'm limited by my own perspective here, right? But uh, I would, yeah. I would say the human, my, from my experience, in my opinion, is that humans form, um, they become a product of their experiences. Okay, so depending on how you're taught to think, and depending on what your experiences are, will determine what level of mental toughness you have. Okay, so some people are taught that suffering is a bad thing. Other people are taught that it's a good thing. When you learn it's a good thing, your perspective changes and so you become more mentally tough, right? So it really, I think it just depends on what your beliefs are um, and what your experience in life has been. Yeah, I agree with that. Does, um, where do I want to take that per se? Because I was just, I was thinking about like, you know, like David Goggins is big on this, thinking about his book and the way that he grew up. It's almost like, how could you grow up in a situation like that and not get some sort of mental toughness? Oh, what about, there's a lot of people like, that do. What about, uh, mentorship and this type of thing? Like, is this something that can be translated through, uh, this is a leadership podcast. Can you translate mental toughness from a leader down to a team or anything like that? Or is this, one of those things where you just exclusively have to build it yourself. There's not really any getting around that. No, just like with this podcast, you have to start with yourself. You have to show people what mental toughness looks like. You want your team to be mentally tough. Like nobody wants a mentally weak team. Every problem they're faced with, every challenge uh, that they get, they just decide, hey, I can't do this, and they quit. They throw their arms up. They get fr they get confronted with a click funnels challenge. They say, hey, I can't do click funnels anymore. Right? You don't want that as a leader. That's bad. Um, I'm going to be putting you, my ClickFunnels affiliate link in the description of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but, you know, since we're, we're teaching people mental toughness right now, the, the message is that we have to start with ourselves. We have to build our mental toughness ourselves. Look at the past things that we've done, okay, to realize that we are actually mentally tough. If we need it, we have it because we've done X, Y, and Z. Now, what I would encourage people to do is start systemizing your life so you build it. Every time you're faced with a challenge, whether it's ClickFunnels, right, whether it's Suffering Saturday, you think of it as an opportunity to build your mental toughness or what I call your bad mother mindset, okay? We should all develop the ability to have a bad mother mindset, which means being unstoppable in the face of fear, failure, adversity, okay? And if you can do that, you can then teach your team to do it. Um, People need to hear this stuff, man. People need to hear mm -hmm. that you can build mental toughness. So your job as the leader is to is to take what we're doing here on this podcast and do it with your team. Why why would somebody yeah. not take this information, sit down on a Wednesday and be like, "Guys, guess what I learned this weekend? I learned something that I believe in that I have thought true to myself for a long time that you can actually cultivate mental toughness." And I was listening to this guy's podcast and he confirmed it. And he said, based off of his experience as an army ranger, as a wrestler, that the toughest people he knew didn't have it all the time. They were just able to call on it. Why would you not sit down, your, sit your team down and give them that message and then tell them, listen, guys, I know that you can build your mental toughness. And when we talk about it, 
We're, we're, we're addressing work. We're addressing our home life. Why would you not want your team to have that message? So, you know, that's the responsibility of the listener. The responsibility of the listener is to take today's message, take mental toughness, a bad mother mindset, teach your team so that people can be stronger and better. Jeremiah, we're running out of time. I'm out of questions. Okay. So you can do your thing. <laughs> How much time do we have? We're at 56 minutes. Okay. All right. The, uh, the, the practical tool that I'll give in this, in this episode for building your bad mother mindset, okay, other than Suffering Saturday, because I believe Suffering Saturday is the, the antidote, I, but I won't, I won't hammer that too much. Um, pick, pick a time, pick something that you want to get done and do it when you're tired. Okay. Simple, super, super simple. Here's an example. You will, maybe you want to finish your ClickFunnels website. All right. What I want you to do is schedule a time to do it. Okay. Maybe, maybe you normally get up at six o'clock in the morning. What I want you to do is wake up at five. Okay. I want you to confront it when you're tired. Because what you're teaching yourself to do is that it doesn't matter how tired you are. You're going to get up and do it. Or you do the opposite. You wait to the end of the day when you're like, hey, I am ready to go to bed. See if you can do this one. Deliberately put it off to the end of the day. I mean, you can still be productive throughout the entire day, right? <laughs> like get your stuff done, but then save this one task. Be like, hey, at nine o'clock, like maybe you go to bed at nine. Maybe you go to bed at 10. Just, just do, try to do 30 minutes of it. Okay. Put that thing right before you're supposed to go to bed and say, Hey, I need to do 30 minutes of this activity. And I don't mean backwards plan and tell yourself, like, let me do this thing almost before I'm ready to go to bed. No, 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 no. I mean, mm-hmm. get yourself tired to that uncomfortable stage where you're like, Hey man, if I don't get to sleep, like right now, I'm not going to get my six hours of sleep. I want you to put it right there. Okay. You know, if you, if you normally go to bed at 10, you wake up at four and that six hours of sleep is like your sweet spot or maybe it's, you know, whatever, whatever your number is, you would put that task right there at 10 o'clock and go do it for 30 minutes and then go to sleep and then see how you feel afterwards. Cause what you're going to teach yourself is that you can do stuff when you're tired. Okay. You don't have to do it every single night. What I'm saying is the practical tool is to do a little bit of something when you're tired and watch what it does for you. Watch. I guarantee it'll improve your mental toughness and your bad mother mindset. <laughs> Is it my turn now? I think I think you're just going to make all the people with insomnia have even more insomnia now. <laughs> hey man, th- like this 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 the podcast isn't for everybody. It's good information, That's true. okay? That's true. Um but I understand that not everybody needs to be these un- you know, unbreakable human beings, although I wish the world was. I wish we all had a little bit Do you more. wish the world was? I do. Like if I, I look, I mean, if you want to get really into it, the reason why we're doing this podcast and the reason why I'm in the business I'm in is to bring, we've talked, I've talked to you about this. It's to bring more good in the world, right? Yeah. I don't need, we don't, we don't need a world full of super soldiers, but what we do need people, we do need is people that are more resilient. They're more mentally tough. It doesn't matter what the avenue is, or it doesn't matter what the outlet is. We just need better human beings. Okay. And so that, that's really why I'm here. That's why I'm on this podcast. Why I'm talking to these people. So I'm talking to you. Is if I could change one thing in our country, it would be that. It would be help helping humanity evolve. 
that's that's the way I'm bringing more good in the world. That's the way I believe in it. All right, all right there we go. All right. Until right, next anyway, time. <laughs> yeah, I'll close. I'll close. It up. All right, guys. Hey, so you learned you learned you know some valuable tools today. You learned the importance of mental toughness, and more importantly, you've learned the importance of communicating that to your team so that they become more mentally tough, so that everyone can develop what I call a bad mother mindset. Um, remember the task the uh, that I gave you to, to pick something small and do it when you're tired. That's the practical tool from today. And watch what it does. Keep a log of it in a journal and, and study yourself and see how much more confident you are. See how much more mentally tough you appear uh, that you think you are. Okay. And just keep a log of it and start building that over time. Cause we need more mentally tough people. And, um, it's a, and it's an important part of being a leader. All right. So, um, I'll finish out with our quote from this morning. It was, it's when the discomfort strikes that they realize a strong mind is the most powerful weapon of all. Chrissy Wellington, who's a phenomenal athlete, world-class athlete, um, in triathlons. So we need mental toughness when not all the time, but when the discomfort strikes, and that's when you realize that a strong mind is the most powerful weapon of all. Until next time, be the leader. I need some motivation. motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Crying myself when I yell at the wall. Begging to run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. I am a queen. I am more than the people can see. I am strong when I'm needing to be. Vulnerability's nothing to me. You can try, but I'm unshakable. My successes is never debatable. I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable. You gotta go hard, better get it.